You know, when I started out preaching many, many years ago, decades ago, I probably wouldn't even start it if I would had to, had to calculate all the sermons that I would have to come up with all these years. But the Lord knows where we need to be, right? And the Lord's guided my heart, and I trust our hearts, to this great psalm, Psalm 103. And I'm going to say it's one of my favorite psalms in the great songbook, the great Psalter. I've titled this message, When Thanksgiving Overflows. When Thanksgiving Overflows. Here's what David says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then he says this part again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And that, those benefits are all the blessings that he's promised you and I. All the good things that he's done. How many know the Lord is good? The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And so this morning we're going to talk a little bit about this, about this overflowing blessing and this overflowing thanksgiving that should be in all of our lives. But, then, but he mentions a, a few benefits, and they're glorious. One of the things, he forgives all your iniquities. All, all your, he heals all your diseases. Verse 4, he redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns your, you, you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Look at this. The Lord is merciful. Come on, and gracious. Slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor keep his anger forever. He has dealt with us. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us, uh, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For I love this verse. First, the heavens are high above the earth, so great. Is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so great, or, or so far as he removed our transgressions from us and on and on. I won't read the rest of that because we'll deal with the first part here primarily. But aren't they, isn't that a blessing? You know, if we, just, if, uh, if we just close the Bible right now, that would be enough, wouldn't it? Just the goodness, the grace, and the goodness of God is completely amazing. When Thanksgiving overflows, you know, the truth is, that whatever is in your heart will eventually come out, won't it? You know, Jesus said that, didn't he? What did he say? Remember this? Out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth's going to speak. So in other words, whatever in you is going to flow out of you. Jesus said in another place, not, it's not what goes in a man, but it's what comes out of a man. Because Jesus knew it's the heart. It's the heart. So in other words, if faith is in there, Guess what's coming out? Faith, confidence, bold obedience. You know, the difference between Joshua and Caleb and those 10 other guys that no one can even name in this room right now. Right? I've never, I've studied the Bible for decades. I can't even remember any of those guys. I don't want, I think God has subconscious just blocked our minds on those negative people. But you know Joshua and Caleb, don't you? So what did they say? We're well able to do it right now. What did the 10 say? They got everybody in an uproar. Thought they were all going to die. See, they've forgotten how big God is. So the thing is, whatever's in you is going to come out. Faith is in there. Faith is going to come out. If unbelief is in there, negativity is going to come out. Doubt's going to come out. Criticism is going to come out. Whatever's in you is going to come out. And guess what? But if gratitude is in you, what's going to come out is thanksgiving. It's just going to... It's like, a, it's like a, a, a cup that's full. If when you're full of gratitude, see, today I'm going to get you happy. The Lord wants to get you happy. I want to talk about the fringe benefits of being a child of God. I'm talking about those benefits. He said, don't forget my benefits. Now listen, not going to hell is a great benefit. Amen? I mean, that's, all, that's cool with me. I don't ever want to go to hell. Listen, I don't want anyone to go to hell. That's why we, we want to, come on, we want to proclaim gospel to them. Because Jesus loves every human being. No matter who they are, he loves them and has a plan to save them. That's what, what Peter said. He's not willing that anyone should perish, but that everyone would come to eternal life. Just God saying to us, you don't have to go to hell. I'd go, thank you, thank you, thank you. But that's, 
But that's just, that's one of the little benefits. Do you know there's a whole package of benefits, promises, blessings, and there's just a few of them mentioned here that ought to make all of us shout. But whatever's in you is going to come out of you. And my thought today is this, because of the abundance of the grace of God toward us, do you know how blessed you are today? You are so abundantly blessed with the multiplied grace of God. Every single one of us today should overflow with blessing and praise. Every one of us. Even if you say, I'm going through a tough time. Well, the Macedonians were going through a tough time in 2 Corinthians 8, 2. And it said this, in the midst of their severe trial, their overflowing joy. I mean, in a terrible trial, but it says that, 2 Corinthians 8, 2, they're overflowing joy. Here they are in a storm and a trial, and you, and you bump up against them, and it, joy spills out. Some Christians you bump up against, joy don't flow out. Come on. We won't go there. Keep it positive today, Pastor. Okay. 2 Corinthians 9, 12 says that, that the, the Corinthians' giving and their service was so wonderful, it created something. Look at this. The service... This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also, notice, overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. They serve God so wonderfully, they got, that other people saw it, they just, they just, I'm just so thankful for those, those folks and, and, and the grace of God there. Listen to Colossians 2, 7, rooted, in, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, as you were taught, strengthened, in other words, the, the doctors you were taught, strengthen yourself. You're strengthening those. Keep, and then it says, and overflowing with what? Overflowing with thankfulness. That's part of God's plan. See, Lord's worthy, and we should overflow with this. See, when we're full of the Spirit of God, there's rivers that come out of us. When the Spirit of God flows into our lives, Jesus said that the Spirit's going to come. John seven thirty seven. Through 39, he said, the Spirit's going to come. And then he said this, and as the Spirit comes upon you and fills you, he said, and he said it in the plural, out of, your, out of your inmost being, out of your belly, your inner being will flow, what? Rivers, plural, rivers of living water. And I have to believe that one of those Holy Spirit rivers that God produces in us is thankfulness and gratitude. Not complaining, not negativity, not murmuring, murmur. That just sounds like a bad word, doesn't it? Murmur. I'm thinking, that's a downer. Even, even the way the word is put together. No, no, no. Thanksgiving. Come on. Amen. Thanksgiving to God for his mercy, his blessing, and his goodness. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what every little minute detail of God's will for your life is. We got a big picture. We got a lot. We got a lot. But a lot of the little details, you'll have to work those out with the Lord. But there's something that I can stand here with authority and say, there's something that's always the will of God. Always, every time, no matter what season of your life in. And Thessalonians tells us, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving and gratitude should overflow toward God, whether seasons of blessing, whether seasons of suffering, whether seasons of abundance, whether seasons of lack, whatever season you're in, we need to be thankful. We need to overflow. With thanksgiving. So here's the question I want to ask you, and then we'll answer it. What does overflowing thanksgiving look like? Well, you know, the title of the message is, is when thanksgiving overflows, but what does that look like in a life? How's that, what character, what things flow out when we're, when we're grateful toward God? What does it look like? What is it? Do you know that Psalm 103 pictures that for us? And I, I hope the Holy Spirit will have me unpack this for you in clarity, because we get a picture of a life of a child of God, the psalmist David here, of course. Now, really, we don't even know what, we don't even know what the background of Psalm 103 is. We don't know the background. Some of the psalms we know. Some of the psalms are written for David to commemorate his deliverance from Saul or, or some great victory or some great blessing. We really don't know where this falls into David's life. But the scholars have presumed this, this was written as an old man, as an old king. So here's the old king, and he looks over his life, and he's not thinking of all the difficulties and negativity, which David had a lot of, some of his own doing, 
But what he looked back on is he just began to thank God for his goodness and his blessing. That David is just, he's just, he's just thinking about how good God has been. Do you know God has been good to you? So let's think about, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> if I could get some water, someone. Not everyone, because then I'd have too much water, just one. <coughs> All right, amen. All right, are you ready? Here we go. So what does overflowing Thanksgiving look like? Point one for note takers. Here we go. Number one, when Thanksgiving overflows, it's always encouraging. You get around a thankful person, it'll pull you out of depression and discouragement. I just like joyful people. I like joyful people. But when Thanksgiving overflows from our lives, it's encouraging. Look at verse one again. This is David talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. One time, David must have been, come, come, brother. You got, a, you got a bottle of water? Nope, he didn't. He getting it. He working on it. All right. This is interactive today. Oh, there we go. Thank you, brother. All right. Let me, I don't have a tip. But anyway, hey. No, I'm kidding. All right. All right. All right. Here we go again. You ready? Okay. Don't get my water, you guys. All right. So here it is. David says to himself, bless the Lord. Oh, my son. Talking to himself. You ever talk to yourself? You hear? Walking through the kitchen. What? Wasn't talking to you, woman. No, I didn't say woman. I said, I said, I was praying. I was. That's what last night happened just last evening. Here's David. Bless the Lord, O my soul. But you read later on in the psalm, he's encouraged, he said, let the angels bless the Lord. Let all creation bless the Lord. At one time, David went through a bad time, and he said he encouraged himself in the Lord. I like people like this. So what's David doing? He's stirring his own soul, but he's also calling God's people. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. And you hear David say that. And you go, I want to get in on that, David. I'm going to bless the Lord with you, David. Come on. When we start singing in here, you may not have a song, but this worship team ought to be so full of a song that we say, now I want to get in with the worship team, and I want to bless the Lord too. That's what it's all about. Not always easy to bless the Lord. And we go through some times when the enemy wants to steal our heart and hang it up on the willows like in Psalm 137. When you're going through a tough time, and we go through some tough times, as I said, if anyone tells you that serving the Lord is just easy street, they've never really served the Lord. They've never really done anything significant. They've never tried a challenge, been challenged to do something for the Lord and then get discouraged from people in and out of God's work, in and out of the church. I mean, it's tough. It's not easy, and it's hard to keep your praise. But that's why David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. See? When, when Thanksgiving overflows, it's encouraging. It's encouraging to your own heart, but it's also encouraging the people of the Lord. So David says, once again, 34, one, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually, you hear that? Is it up there? It's not? Psalm 34, 1 and 3. Is it there? I can't say, oh yeah, there it is, whatever. Here we go, let's try again. His praise shall, when I feel good, be in my mouth. His praise, when, I, when I'm feeling good, when I have all the money I need, when everybody's happy with me, when everything seems to work out, just like, no. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Now notice this. Here's the encouraging part. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. The humble in, this, in that text, it means those that are oppressed and those that are down and God's people that are beat up, they're going to hear me, thank God. Thanksgiving's going to overflow out of my cup and they're going to be glad and be pulled up with it. We need some of that in the church. Amen? We need it. I mean, when you, when you have a church service and you're worse off before you came, that's not a good day. Amen? You ought, to, you ought to get something when you go to church. You ought to get a word from God. You ought to get a song. You ought to get a touch from the Holy Spirit. Why? The humble will hear thereof. Those that are beat up by the world, those that are under attack of the enemy are going to hear, and they're going to be pulled up into encouragement. Why? Because that's what happens when Thanksgiving overflows. 
Oh, then he, then he says, let's do it together. Look at this. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. See, here's how it works. I was doing it at first. I was praising the Lord for, at first. I didn't feel like it, but I said I'm going to do it at all times. I said it's going to continue to be in my mouth. And then all of a sudden you heard it. And then the next thing you know, we're all praising the Lord. I like that, don't you? See, it's what happens when Thanksgiving overflows. See, it affects others. When Paul and Silas were in the prison, beaten up, Silas could have said, Paul, you didn't tell me all this was going to happen. Hmm? You didn't tell me it was going to be hard. You were telling me how God was going to do this and God was going to do that. Look what you got me into, Paul. You know, I've noticed about church and ministry, when things go well, we did it. When things go bad, you did it. Yeah, you laugh, don't you? I have, uh, I've talked to these preachers. They were like associate pastors and youth pastors. And, and oh, man, they just had all the answers. And then they sat in the first chair. And they said, mm, things are different from this chair. Yeah, that's right, buddy. But you know what? The thing is, in the prison, doing the will of God, persecuted, beaten. I mean, beat up physically. Have you ever been assaulted for the Lord? I have one time. I have one time. I've been assaulted for Jesus one time. Could have had the guy thrown in jail, but hey, vengeance is the Lord. Amen. Here's Paul and Silas. I mean, they're they're in jail. What are they going to do? Remember that old hee-haw song? Oh, yeah, you know it. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression. What it? Oppressive excessive misery whoever wrote that song <laughs> needs, needs help you know they're mental Paul and them could have but have you noticed this think about this have you noticed this as you read through the book of Acts how hard it was but how joyful they were how joyful these people were how Lord we thank you I mean one, the apostle said thank you that we're counted worthy to suffer for you who thinks like that True children of God think that way. Now notice this. It says, having received such a charge, he put Paul in the inner prison, fastened their feet to the stock, in the stocks, but, in the, but, in, but at midnight. It was so dark. You ever notice things seem darker? Same things heavier. You just, you know, this long night. And yet, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Notice, remember this, when Thanksgiving overflows, it's always encouraging. Look at this. And the prisoners were listening to them. Wouldn't you give anything to be able to know what they were singing? Maybe, maybe the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Maybe Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And I will, come on, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Then it goes into, he has done great things. He has done great things. I wish I had a choir up here. He has done eight great things. Bless his holy name. I mean, by that time, that song was 2,000 years old. Or at least 1,000 years old, I guess. 1,500 years. David had already written that through the Holy Spirit. Maybe they were singing that. The prisoners were hearing and listening to them. People are listening to us. What do they hear when we're nudged? What do they hear when we go through trial, suffering, and difficulty? Do they hear, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. They heard them. They heard them. The church is a place where we should be able to receive encouragement. I can tell you this. We all need encouragement. Listen, you don't have to go a day. We all need encouragement from the Lord. And what happens is, 
when we're overflowing, when all of us are overflowing with thanksgiving, what happens is other believers need that. And listen how Paul described the New Testament church. Here's what he said. Ephesians 5.18. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he says, speaking to one another. Speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you this, when thanksgiving overflows, it, there's encouragement that comes along with that. You're encouraged and you become an encourager to others in the body of Christ and we all need encouragement. Say hallelujah if you believe it. Point number two. When, when Thanksgiving overflows, it's always exclusive. It's not only encouraging, it's always exclusive. Can I tell you this? What we're doing here today is exclusive. What we do on the Lord's Day is very exclusive. It's, well, you know, this house is a sanctified house. This house has been dedicated. We don't have ball dances in here. We don't serve liquor in here. We don't sell refrigerators in here. We do one thing in here. We do God's work. We do the Lord's work. We pray. We preach His words. We declare His songs. It's very exclusive. Notice what David said. David said, bless His holy name. Hear that? Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. That's exclusive. This church is a house of worship. This church is not a place of entertainment. Never enters my mind. It never enters my mind. It never entered my mind that everyone be entertained. Never enters my mind, ever. My, what enters my mind is, Lord, does this sermon please you? Lord, does this song please you? Lord, do our lives please you? Why? It's a house of worship. And it's a house of exclusive worship. We don't worship anyone. We don't exalt anyone except the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Him and Him alone do we worship. And when Thanksgiving overflows, it's very exclusive. Very exclusive. The Lord means Yahweh. Jehovah, we really don't know, but He's worthy. His name is holy. That means Sacred, consecrated. That means it is to be revered, so honored that God commanded his people to never take his name in vain. Never use it commonly. Never use it casually. Never use it sincerely. Exodus, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. God's name is set apart. We should never dare to use it in any way that would demean it or take away from its sacredness. Well, I've already read and we prayed this morning. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. Say that with me. Hallowed be thy name. Now, what does that mean? Hallowed be thy name. You, be, you may be Interested to know where it came from. You can find almost everything in the Old Testament where it came from. You know that, don't you? Almost every New Testament truth, or every New Testament truth, actually, you can find it somewhere and many times in the Old Testament. So what is, what is hallowed be that my, uh, the, your name? Hallowed be your name. It really is an imperative verb that says, may your name be hallowed. May your name be be hallowed. And it actually comes from Ezekiel. Ezekiel. I'm going to read a few verses in Ezekiel 36, verse 16. Now here's what happened. Here's the backstory. The background is that Israel had turned their hearts away from God. Always a danger, both in the Old Testament and New Testament. Always a danger. How many people do you know that have turned their hearts away from God that used to walk with the Lord? Yeah, I, I mean, you could probably name as many on your hands, toes, you know, toes and feet. It's always a danger. 
Old and New Testament were worn. And so God's people had drifted away. And because of the low life that they were living, they profaned the name of God. They're supposed to be the people of the Lord. So look at what Ezekiel said in verse 16. 36, Ezekiel 16. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own ways and deeds. To me, their way was like the uncleanness of a woman and their customary impurity. Therefore, I poured out my fury on them for the blood they had shed on the land and for their idols uh, with which they had defiled it. So here's the people of God, and God's blessed them as God has blessed us. God brought them out of Egypt, brought them into the land, gave them their own land, gave them their own place of worship. I've stood on that temple mount in Jerusalem. I've stood there, and in my mind, I just could imagine what it was like. And I really imagined it when I stood on the Mount of Olives and looked back across. I thought, what would the people of God had, had experienced when they came across that hill to pilgrimage three times a year at least? And they had seen that big that, that edifice to God, and they'd seen the smoke going up. And God had blessed them. But then they started sinning. And then God would send prophets. So you better stop it because I will judge your sin. And they ignored the prophets. They ignored the Lord. And now God sent them out of the land. But notice what he says here. Verse 19, so I scattered them among the nations. And they were dispersed throughout their countries. I judged them according to their ways and their deeds. When they came to, when they came to the nations, wherever they went, they profaned my holy name. So instead of learning their lesson, when God sent them into this judgment and being the people of God among the ungodly, instead they did what they did and they profane the name of God. When they said to them, these are the people of the Lord and yet they have gone out of the land. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations wherever they went. Therefore says the Lord to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do, not, uh, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake. See where this came from? See how Jesus prayed? For my holy name's sake. What you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which, you, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God. When I am hallowed before, your, before their eyes, before their eyes, I will be hallowed, hallowed among lost people. My name will be hallowed among them. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you from all the countries, and bring you into your own land. I'm going to bring you back, but I'm going to bring you back different. I'm not going to bring you back where you profane my name. I'm going to bring you back, and I'm going to, I'm going to so cleanse you and so work in your lives that my holy remnant will glorify my name. My name will be hallowed, he's saying. Verse 25, then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. So here's the thing as I read that lengthy passage. Do you think God is concerned about how we worship? Do you think the Lord is concerned about how his people live and the, and the message we send off and the life they see among us? It really sounds like it here. Hallowed be thy name. It's almost like this. is a prayer that our worship would be so holy and it would inspire others to fear the name of the Lord. See what happens when our thanksgiving overflows? It's exclusive. It's blessing the name of the Lord. Here's point three quickly. Number three. When thanksgiving overflows, at times it's extravagant. Sometimes you're going to be called a fanatic. You go to church three times a week. You go to a prayer meeting. Do you realize today how low we've sunk in the church world? Do you realize today that the statistic is that a person who comes to church once a month is considered regular? It's ridiculous. We've, we've actually moved the, we've moved the boundaries. We've moved the measuring stick, which is this right here, the Word of God. Notice what he says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all. All. Everyone say all. All that is within me, bless his holy name. All. All. Let's be blunt. We have compartmentalized Jesus in our modern wicked world. 
We have our Jesus day, and then we have our drinking day, and we have our immoral day, and we have our sports day, and we have every other day, and then we come back, and we have our Jesus day again. I heard someone say years ago, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he will not be Lord at all. Notice David's thanksgiving. Notice his worship. All. There was a lady, her name was Mary. Mary. You find the story in John 12. Jesus is heading toward the cross. It's amazing how perceptive and intuitive women can be. God's kind of given them that, given them that I think. And uh, she's realizing Jesus is about to be crucified. And she does something extravagant. She does something, it would be, let me tell you what it would be like. It'd be like this right here. It would be like someone coming in this church this morning and say, Pastor, I love Trinity Life Church so much. I love the work of Jesus Christ. I believe in what you're doing. I'm going to commit to you one year's wage. What I make in one year's time, my entire salary for one year, I am going to give to this church so you can build the work of Jesus Christ. Now, everyone in this room would say, whoa, that's extravagant. That's amazing. But that's exactly what Mary did. She comes in just led by the Lord, led by the Holy Spirit. And she, she breaks an alabaster flax and she anoints Jesus. She, she wipes his feet with her hair. She anoints him for his burial. Judas, and it says this in the text. You can kind of pick up on where folks are. Or let me say it this way. You can pick, on where, you can pick up on where people are headed. Judas said he criticized her. Can you imagine somebody criticizing something beautiful like that? But he did. He criticized. Judas criticized her, and it says he was the one who would betray Jesus. He hadn't done it yet. He criticized. He said this. This could have been sold, and this was like a year's wage. In other words, just someone, someone who was just a normal wage worker what that flask cost and what that anointing cost would have, would have taken one year to raise the money just about one. And she pours it out on Jesus extravagantly in one moment's time. And he says, this could have been sold and given to the poor. But he didn't say it because he cared for the poor. Because Judas cared for one and that was himself. And the scripture says, this is the one who would betray him. You can pick up where people are headed if you just listen. But Jesus was so moved by this extravagant act of worship that he says, wherever I go, I'm gonna, it's going to be told. And here I am, 2,000 years later, talking about this godly, extravagant act. It's amazing. And then I think about another story that's like this. this see, when Thanksgiving, when you, when you are gripped, when we are truly gripped by the grace of God... There'll be times that you'll be so full of thanksgiving that you will overflow with some kind of extravagant act of worship. David said, bless the Lord on my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Extravagant. There was Jesus was sitting in the treasure and he's watching people give their offerings. He'd watch all these people, probably multitudes coming. Because they gave. The people of God gave to the temple. And there was a treasure. And there was things hanging that they would drop the money in. And you know how this thing is. You know how human beings are. They want to be seen. I'm sure some of those folks got all pennies. They didn't have pennies, of course. So it would be real loud. Jing, 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 dropping in there. Oh, they're so holy. They're so generous. But then there was this one little lady. Ching. That was it. Ching. She walked away. You know what Jesus said about her? It's really amazing. Mark 12. Look at this. Mark chapter 12. Look at about verse uh, 
43. He called to his disciples to himself. So he was watching them put all that in the treasury. Surely I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. Nobody could see it. Jesus could see it, though. For all they that put out of their abundance, but she has out of her poverty put in all that she had. Her whole livelihood. She had nothing left over. She didn't have a retirement fund. This is it. And she gave it all to God. And the world would look on and say, how foolish. But the God of heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ, looks upon and said, look at her. And she made it in the word of God, honorable mention here. But why? Extravagant. Completely extravagant. You know, worship in heaven is extravagant. You think it's quiet in heaven? Listen, this is as quiet as it's going to be down here. It's very noisy in heaven. And they're worshiping the Lord Jesus. They're saying, worthy is the Lamb to receive honor and glory and power. Holy, holy, holy is His name. No rest day or night. Holy, 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 holy day and night. 24 hours a day through all of eternity. Why? Because our God is so worthy. He's worthy of extravagant worship. He's worthy of everything we have. It's all His. Because He purchased us with a price. And the only reasonable offering is a complete giving of ourselves to him in all that we are. Do you believe that today? Completely to him. Now quickly. Quickly, number four. When Thanksgiving overflows, it will be earnest and at times intense. Bless the Lord, all my soul. All that is within me. Within me. All that is within me. Listen, this is not David, some kind of formal, outward, empty, powerless praise, worship, and thanksgiving. This is an overflowing thanksgiving that is intense. All that is within me that possesses me. I worship him and I give him my thanks. This is what happens when it overflows. David said in other places, I will praise you with my whole heart. 111.1, praise the Lord, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Psalm 119, verse 2. Bless the Lord, those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. It's earnest. It's intense. A couple things about this. Do you realize that this, this kind of intense, overflowing thanksgiving can bring you into the presence of Jesus? This kind of this kind of overflow of worship, of praise, of gratitude, of thanksgiving to God can bring you in to the miracle presence of Jesus himself. We have it in Scripture, Matthew 8. When he had come down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him. It's overflowing. Hmm? It's overflowing in this man's life. Here's a man broken. Here's a man full of leprosy. He's separated from society. He has no future. But yet in Jesus, he comes. And when he comes in the very presence of Jesus, something overflows from his life. Something of gratitude. Something of worship. And it says he worshiped him. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I wonder what this felt like to have the physical touch of Jesus. Had to, had to just be out of this world incredible. He put out his hand. And it says, and he touched him. Can I tell you, no one's untouchable to Jesus. No matter how broken, no one is untouchable. No one is so broken. No one is so isolated that Jesus can't touch them. And here he is. He says, I'm willing. I'm willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Immediately was cleansed. I'm telling you, this, this overflowing Thanksgiving is intense. It's earnest. 
And when it becomes earnest and when it becomes intense, it can bring you into the miracle presence of Jesus. Many miracles happen in the point of worship, in the point of thanksgiving, in the point of lifting up praise to God. We come into the very presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he can touch you, can heal you, can change you. And if you've ever experienced that miracle blessing in any way, there has to be a return. See, that's what David's doing. Here's David, old King David. He's coming back to God and say, God, I want to thank you for all that you've done for me. Remember the lepers? There were ten lepers. Jesus healed them, but only one came back. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, when that gentleman came back, that one leper out of the ten, the Bible said this, he fell down, verse 16 of that chapter of Luke 17, here's what it says. Look, listen to me. Verse 16, he fell down on his face at his feet. What did he do? He gave him thanks. It just overflowed out of his life. You healed me. You gave me my life back. How could I not come back and fall at the feet of Jesus and let thanksgiving overflow and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done? Jesus was actually surprised the rest of the boys didn't come back. Number five, I'll be done. When thanksgiving overflows, it should be exact. What do you mean? We should be able to pinpoint the exact blessings that we want to praise him and thank him for it. You know, praise sometimes is like a lot of prayer requests. You don't even know what you're praying for. It's so general. It's so vague. You don't even know what you're praying for. Sometimes praise can be like that. Notice what he says here. He said, don't forget his benefits. And then he begins to list. He's forgiven all your iniquity. Somebody praise him. I mean, when you came to him, you were lost You were going to hell without God. And you said, oh God, forgive me for the way I've been, the things I've done. He forgave you and he took your sin away. He not only did that, he justified you. He made you his child. But it doesn't end there. When we fail him as Christians, he doesn't throw us out. Because he's faithful and just to cleanse us from from forgive us of all sin and cleanse us from all iniquity. Thank God for that. Let's be specific about this today. See, this overflowing thanksgiving is exact. He heals all your diseases. He can heal your body. He can heal your mind. He can heal your emotions. He can heal your heart. He can heal your soul. I'm talking about benefits. I'm talking about being exact. I'm, what do you, you know, just like the leper or the blind man, what do you want me to do? He could have said, whatever. No, he said, I want to be, I want to see. I want to tell you, I thank him today for forgiveness. I thank him for his healing presence today. He can heal our bodies. He can heal our soul. He can heal us today. He said he redeems your life from destruction. How many times has God saved you from the devil's attack and you didn't even know the devil was trying to kill you? He was trying to kill your family, destroy your life, and yet you didn't even know it. He's redeemed you from destruction over and over and over again. And when you get to heaven, you're going to be so surprised at the protective hand of God. Thank God he can protect his people. He redeems us from destruction. The devil said, I'm going to destroy them. And Jesus says, no, you're not. That's my child. See, if the devil had his way, he'd have killed all of us. God's around you with redeeming grace. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. To be crowned means to be characterized by it. To be, listen, to be crowned is to be visibly characterized by it. What does that mean? Others are going to see God's blessing on your life. Others are going to see God's blessing on this church. He's going to crown us with his blessing. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Just following you around. Listen, you're going to begin to experience 
the blessings of God like you have never experienced them before. He's about to crown you. He's about to crown us. People are going to see the good hand of God's mercy upon us. Why? That's what he does. That's God's provision. You ever felt like giving up? Well, of course you have. If you, well, if you, if you haven't, you've probably never tried anything. It says, he renews you like the eagles. About that time, you felt like giving up. God just injected strength and grace into you, and you had the strength to fight the battle. He's got the strength for you. He satisfies you with good things. Verse 5. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Satisfy means to eat till you're full. Do you know one of the curses of our culture is a discontented spirit? People can't stay happy in their marriages. They get a new car and they want a new one next week. They, they have a raise and they won't, they're not satisfied. They, they, they're in a church, but they're not satisfied. They go to that church and they live their life like spiritual vagabonds. It's a curse, not a blessing. Do you, do you realize what a gift contentment is? Do you realize that godliness with contentment is great gain? Do you realize here he satisfies you to where you experience the blessing of God and you, you have a sense of peace. You have a sense of contentment in your marriage, in your life, and you're walking with God in such contentment and not one in a million Christians have that. But God wants them to have it. To satisfy, to have enough. God meets our needs in such a way that it's going to fulfill us and give us his happiness and his joy. Now, oh, I've got to be quitting here. Okay, let's, let's go. Uh, oh, Lord. You know, I, I read Charles Finney one time, and here's what he said. He said, I'd been really sick, and I wasn't able to attend the Lord's Day service the week before, but the following week, here's what he said. He said, I was able to attend the service, and I preached my normal hour and a half. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> it couldn't have been America. <coughs> Let's close. Stand with me. <coughs> Would you come to the piano just for a second? <coughs> Pardon me. All right. Let's, let's think about this as we conclude. Now, just stay with me. The Cowboys don't start till 3.30, so just calm down. Chill your jets. Just calm down. Oh, I hope they beat the brains out of those New Englanders. And I really meant that when I said that. No, that wasn't, that wasn't, I really meant that. Man, we should pray a little bit here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but listen. Uh, oh, blessing, 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 blessing. Benefits, benefits, blessing. Boy, you know what? If you, if you, if you nudge a child of God... They should overflow with thanksgiving, right? Come on. Nudge a child of God. You nudge them. They should overflow with thanksgiving, right? Why? Because when God's grace has been so awesome in our lives, He went to the cross for us. He died for our sins. How could we ever utter a negative word? He died. The Prince of God, the King of the universe, died on the cross and was buried in the grave and raised on the third day for us. The just for the unjust. And when Thanksgiving overflows, we're just like, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. I don't know of any way to conclude this, but just take a moment here to just thank him. Come on right now, just thank him. Go ahead. Just thank him. Just thank Him. Just thank Him. Oh, just thank Him for His grace. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for my, my, my family, my blood family. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for meeting every need that we have, oh God. Oh, I pray that the remainder of this year... The remainder of this year, oh God, that our church would overflow with thanksgiving. That we would overflow with exclusive thanksgiving. Lord, and that, that Lord, it would be earnest. It would be intense. It would be extravagant, Lord. 
that we would love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. Let it overflow, Lord. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. Jesus. Now, church, this week, I want you to practice. I want all of us to practice this overflowing gratitude. Let us practice this gratitude this week. I mean, here we are. We're coming into our national holiday on Thursday, and it's going to be awesome. Now, I need to mention this. This wasn't said. This was probably on the Facebook. But uh, we're not going to have a Wednesday service. Normally, we don't on th- right before Thanksgiving. But what we'll do is we do have Tuesday morning prayer and Tuesday evening prayer. So the Tuesday evening prayer is going gonna, is gonna to be our midweek. Got everybody, amen? You got that? I would encourage you to come, if you don't normally come, to let that. We won't have a Wednesday. You know, Wednesday, people come home and it's, they're getting ready. Then family's coming in. And we do that out of a courtesy for the family of the Lord, just to give a little extra time with family and preparations. Because, like, I mean, if you're like us, we got folks coming in and we're preparing. Tuesday evening will suffice for the Wednesday service. So no Wednesday but I want you to go throughout this week, and especially on Thursday, when you think about God's grace and goodness on our land. How about let's, before we take the turkey, well, I'll be, I'm going to be taking me some turkey, I can tell you. I won't be preaching on gluttony next Sunday, I'm going to promise you that. I'll preach on other people's sin, not my own, okay? No. But um, let's take a moment, seriously, to thank the Lord for His mercy. So, Father, today, how we love you. How we praise you. We overflow with thanksgiving for your mercy, grace, and love. For your constant care for our lives. So, Lord, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that, Lord, this week would be filled with praise, filled with worship, filled with thanksgiving. Lord, but especially on our national holiday of thanksgiving, Lord, that as we gather around the table and we have all the provisions, Lord, that we would lift up thanks and prayer and praise to you because all of our blessing has come from you. All of the goodness that we've received is because you have opened your good hand and provided all things you have provided. And for this, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Now, church, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the communion of the Holy Spirit, may the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with our church. And everyone said amen and amen. I love each of you. God bless you as you... 